This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. I'm sorry we're a few days late, but you know, some things need time to ripen like a fine wine. This isn't one of those things, so I'm so sorry. It's just me being a bad podcaster. I was driving back to Montana, but you know what? While I was driving, I had a lot of time, as you can imagine, to think. And not just think, but listen to one of my all-time favorite books, Essentialism. Now, we did it as a literature book club, I think, last year. And I really wanted to revisit it while I had the bandwidth and, again, so very much time to really listen to it, absorb it, let it percolate, and go back to Montana after four months traveling around and being in California and Arizona for the winter and kind of come back to my home base with a fresh perspective and a fresh start and different goals, different habits, just kind of do some emotional and physical, like, because essentialism is also about cleaning out your things, spring cleaning. So this episode, we're going to talk about friendships and not just cleaning out friendships, but reconnecting and how all of these concepts kind of tie together. But before we get started, I want to remind you to click like and subscribe here. If this podcast tickles your fancy, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review, share it with your friends, really helps get the word out. Also, if it tickles your fancy to come hang out with me, I would love it if you join me in Mexico for one of our Shalligator fan trips at the end of August or, <gasps> that's right, in Italy. We are going to Italy at the end of October. Now look, you might click on that link down below and see that the trip is sold out. Never fear. Sign up for the waitlist because people definitely have to cancel and it's always for the best reasons. It's like, I'm having a baby. I got into law school. It's never like, oh, I'm digging in a hole and I'm not doing anything. It's always like a really fabulous reason. So it always makes me happy. 
But if there's enough interest on the wait list, I might add a second trip. So never fear, you know I won't leave you guys hanging. Also, if you need some assistance with me one-on-one, -on -one, head to my website, shallonlester.com and click submit a question. I can get back to you in just as soon as 24 hours. All of those links are right down there in the show notes. And of course, be sure to check me out on YouTube where we do about three or four videos a week breaking down some of the celebrity pop culture events and mining them for what we can learn. Okay, so let's get into this. So you guys know here in the podcast, typically I'll take some of the questions you send me and we'll sort of use that as a jumping off point for here on the podcast and stuff. But I went in a little bit of a different direction. Just a simple comment on a recent video was all I needed to foster some imagination. So a chickadee said, can you please make more videos on friendships? Like how to apologize to a friend or reconnect? It's such a simple concept, but again, you know, I had nothing but the open road and time stretching out in front of me. And I thought, you know, this is a really applicable thing that so many of us are dealing with right now. Post pandemic, a lot of us are entering our spring semester, you know, school is ending or we're changing jobs or we're moving. There's just a lot of transition in the air, it seems. Even if we're not graduating or doing anything like that, I always think spring really is such a transitory time, you know? And it's the time where we can pull back. It's sort of like New Year's 2.0, where we can recommit to goals, we can recommit to ourselves, and we can recommit to less, fewer, better things. And, you know, I said I re-listened to essentialism, and that really is the entire philosophy of essentialism encapsulated. Fewer, better things. And not just things, possessions. Fewer, better pursuits. Fewer, better activities. Fewer, better friendships, relationships. Instead of moving a millimeter in a million directions and kind of getting nowhere but feeling exhausted all the time, it's so important to channel our energy into things that actually matter. And the book is great because it really gives you a primer on how to do that. Like there's a whole list of things to say in order to turn people down so that you get good at it. In fact, I will put in the show notes a link to the book so you can just pick it up. It's so it's so easy and I really like to listen to it when it's read by the author because I think it really infuses so much passion and he's got a British accent and you know, when you hear something in a British accent, you're like, oh, their word is law. It always just sounds so official. So I got to thinking about this concept of reconnecting with friends because, you know, I was in the car and I thought, oh, I have 15 hours. I'm going to call everybody and catch up and ba ba ba. And you know who I called? Nobody. Nobody. I talked to my mom and I talked to a business partner and that's it. I really appreciated the silence and being alone and having one-sided conversations with my dog, Cowboy. And he just really wasn't that entertained by me. I was delighted to have him as a conversation partner. But it got me to thinking about, you know, what this shalligator had said, like reconnection. Okay, let's talk about this. If you're in this situation where you're thinking, okay, I need to reconnect with some friends, we've lost touch, blah, blah, blah. I want you to ask yourself a question. And I'm not saying this flippantly. This, this is a question that I want you to answer. Why did you disconnect? Right? I mean, what happened that made you disconnect purposefully, and it was purposeful, from this friendship? Well, no, it, I mean, it wasn't purposeful. Oh, I just got so busy, I got so busy. Horseshit. I'm calling you out, I love you, but I'm calling you out, horseshit. If something's important, we find a way. And if it's not important, we find an excuse, okay? 
When we start to tell ourselves that communication and relationships just, oh, they happen accidentally. You know what we are? We're a piece of shit. Because that means that maybe, yeah, maybe it does. This friendship happens just accidentally for us. It's not at all accidental for the person calling us and inviting us and making the reservations and following up. Oh, are you still meeting at seven? Oh yeah, I am. And following up again and inviting us. They're doing all the work and we're just like, oh yeah, like we're friends. It's just really easy. Well, yeah, it's easy for us. We're not doing any heavy lifting. We're a piece of shit. But we're not though. We're not pieces of shit. We're wonderful, empathetic, plugged in creatures. At least that's what we need to be. The other bad thing about pretending communication and relationships are accidental is that we normalize fuckboy behavior. If we say, oh, I don't know, I just lost touch, then we're willing to accept that as an excuse from a fuckboy who tries to say it. Oh, I just got so busy. Did you, Barack Obama? Did you, Elon Musk? What exactly are you so busy with, Tyler? Like, give me a break. I'm a very intentional person about my friendships, about everything. You know, I'm not, I'm not vague or undefined in like any way. I kind of wish I was. I wish I felt neutrally about like literally any one subject on planet Earth. I do not. But therefore, I have a real low fuckboy tolerance because all of their excuses that they throw out, I'm like, yeah, no, no, doesn't work like that. I know how it works because I'm a very successful person and that's actually not the truth. So why don't you try again? Like, oh, well... Oh my God, they can't handle being called out like that. And I'm willing to call people out because I call myself out. So this is how we have to live and this is how we have to move. Whatever the answer is, it's okay. I want you to get curious and not furious. So there's two different paths to choose. Either you disconnected because of them or because of you. Let's say it's because of them, right? They were stressing you out. Their life was out of control. They were an alcoholic. They were partying too hard. They weren't partying enough and you wanted to go be social and they were at home and shaming you for wanting to go out and live your life. Whatever it was, they were in a different season than you were. For better or for worse, maybe one of you was right. Maybe one of you was wrong. Maybe neither one of you was right or wrong. It was just different pages at that time, okay? Is that dynamic still at play? Are they still in that place? And are you still in that place? When I was listening to Essentialism, one relationship in my life kept coming up, this friendship. And I've mentioned her on videos and I, I don't know why I'm so triggery about her. I mean, I do, but it's my friend who's an alcoholic. And I realized like, I have to let her go. I have to let her go. And I've I've talked with you guys before and you talked with me about codependency and the definition of codependency, as we know, I care more about your problems than you care about your problems. And that I think is something that every girl who comes to this channel is very susceptible to because we are so, we're, we're two perfect stormy things to be codependent. We're very empathetic and clued into psychology and we want to be better, right? We're lovers and we're also fighters for being the best possible version of ourselves we could be. And so when we see someone else who isn't, I mean, we wanna tear our hair out. It's the most frustrating thing in the world, isn't it? It makes me insane. 
I'm especially triggery by this because my father was like the exemplar of this. He was the grand high wizard of wasted potential. And when I see waste, wasted food, wasted clothing, wasted opportunity, wasted time, I go bananas. Like I cannot abide it. I can't handle it. And my friend now is exactly that. And she's bringing all of this stuff up. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And I've been grappling so much with like the guilt of it. And I'm abandoning her. And that's not who I am as a person. Ugh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. But essentialism helped me let go of that. You know, it, they kind of talk about like a 90-10 a rule. Like you have to love something 90%, whether it's a sweater, a job opportunity, an outing on the weekend. And if it's an 89%, it might as well be a zero. It goes back to what we say. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. There actually isn't shades of gray. It's not a seven out of 10. If it's not a nine out of 10, it's nothing. And I'm like, okay, she's not a nine out of 10. She's like a four out of 10, then it's gone. So I look at this situation and I think to myself, you know, I was like, well, I wanna come back to, to town and reconnect with her. I'm like, no, because her situation has not changed. It hasn't changed, you know? And then I look around at other friends who I was thinking, okay, I wanna reconnect with this person, that person who I've quote unquote lost touch with. Well, it wasn't that, oh, we all just got busy. I was purposefully distancing myself from these people if I was being honest. And the reason I was distancing myself is because we were in different seasons. They were being dramatic or catty or gossipy or not working very hard or working too hard and made it so difficult for me to see them. And again, I had to be honest and be like, they're still in those seasons and I'm still not in that season. So if I plug back in and think, okay, let's reconnect, for what? To make myself really frustrated again? To resent them? To, or worse, to plug in and just nag them? Ooh, what a fun brunch. Here comes Shallon's nagathon. Like that's, who wants to do that? They're not on the same page as me for better or for worse, and that's where we're at. And we as women are not taught how to let friends go. We're taught how to let boys go, right? I mean, there's songs and there's playlists and there's ice cream flavors and da 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 there's, there's YouTube channels, there's my channel. We're taught, hey, if a guy sucks, get rid of him. I mean, there's divorce parties, there's all of this yay saying around that, but there's nothing like that for getting rid of friends, nothing. I mean, when we think of the story behind someone saying, I cut her off, I cut this friend off. I mean, we think of like an out of control meth addict and she's sleeping with my dad and she kicked my dog, right? I mean, we think of the most out of control war machine we can possibly come up with. But let's go back to that essentialism 90-10 rule. She doesn't have to be a berserker war machine. She can be an accountant at H&R Block. She can be totally fine but not 90% for us. I'm not, I'm not saying giving us 90% of what we need. I'm not saying she's fulfilling 90% of our needs. No human, no one person can do that. We have to do that for ourselves. But is it 90% good times, 10%, uh, you know, we argue here and there, right? It's a, or you're allowed to come up with your different metric. You are allowed to come up with that 10% and what that means, but you do need to come up with it. And one thing I did on the drive is I came up with my metrics. Do people leave me feeling drained? I've lost weight recently. I don't drink anymore. So that's a thing. Like, are they drinking? 
a ton every time I see them. I mean, have some drinks, whatever, but are they getting routinely wasted no matter what we're doing? Boop, I don't need to be around that. Are they always ordering, we're getting appetizers, we're getting dessert, boop, I don't need that. I'm on a different path, it's a different season for me. Not that they're wrong, not that I'm right, it's just not aligned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So like I said, when we look at reconnecting with friends, there's two different paths. Either it's we disconnected because it's because of them or it's because of us. We're still on the it's because of them, right? And within that path, there's two other paths. It's because of them and uh, actually the dynamic that made me withdraw is still at play. And in, in that case, I am going to honor myself and them and where they're at and say, hey, I'm going to give us both space and not the evil eye, and I'm going to stay disconnected for now, okay? Seasons do change. People do get their act together. Or again, maybe it's not a matter of getting your act together. They're not good enough. It's just we're in different places. I mean, a lot of my friends I've disconnected from because they're parents now. That doesn't mean they're like wrong or living wrong or anything like that. I just have learned the hard way to try to find the grace in letting go of them and not take it personally when, oh, I'm in New York and come into the city, let's get together. And they're like, oh, I can't have a play date. And I'm like, with fucking who? Little Mackenzie and Braxton, who cares? But you know what? Those are their priorities. And that might not make sense to me. My life doesn't make sense to them. And that's okay. And I, I take that with grace and I let it go or at least I try to, and then I make a podcast and I complain about it, but whatever. But seasons change and people change and paths cross again. And it's crazy. It really is crazy. Like so many of my best friends now were best friends 10 years ago, but then we, we did lose touch. You know, we moved different cities. You know, I said, oh, there's no excuse. Okay. I will give you guys some asterisks on that. Like when logistics make it hard to see someone and you do come up with friends in a new place and you have to put your energy there? Yes. Is it an excuse for completely ghosting somebody? No. I mean, if again, if you want to still nurture the embers of a friendship, you absolutely can. And there's so many good friendships where you don't even really have to do much. You're in that soul sister connectivity where you could get together tomorrow after two years and it would be like nothing ever changed, right? It'd be like not a day passed, but I digress. Let's say 
that you disconnected because you guys were in different seasons and different places. And now things have changed and you, you do want to reconnect. How do you do that? Hmm. Okay. Well, one thing you could do, call it out. Call it out. It doesn't have to be a blamey conversation. Kristen, just letting you know that I haven't talked to you for six months because you were like, oh, such a mess. Okay. Like such a mess. <sighs> I told you I've lost weight and I've spent the last few months with my mom in Southern California. And I was really trepidatious about going back because I was really excited to like show her I'm thinner and I'm healthier and blah, blah, blah. But I was really nervous about her saying retroactively, like, yeah, like you were getting really big. You know, I don't know if you guys ever have people in your life like this, where it's like, if you start making money, they're like, yeah, we were all like really concerned that you were working at that gas station. It's like, they can't celebrate where you are now without bringing up the bad past. It's like, you know what? I know I was fat. I know I worked at a gas station. I was living those realities. You weren't, I was, that's why I changed it. We actually don't need to bring it up. Can we just celebrate the now without tainting it with the past? Can we do that? It's very minimizing, it's very hurtful, and it's very, very embarrassing. So if you do wanna reconnect with someone because one or both of you have changed and you wanna leave the past behind, girl, that's what you have to do. And you can call reference to the past without making it so pointed. You can be like, instead of Kristen, you were like a mess. You were sucking half of Sigma Chi's dick. Like, do you know that? Do you remember all the dicks you were sucking? Because it was all of them. You could say like, you know what? I know I haven't been in touch, but honestly, like I could sit here and bullshit you and be like, ah, I got so busy. I have more respect for you than that. Like I was purposely stepping away. I felt like you were in a space where you just kind of needed some room to figure some things out. I was going through some things. Like I was trying to be super healthy and like get my body in order. And I know that wasn't like your top priority and I didn't want to make you feel bad about having fun and going out. And I don't know, I just felt like we were in different seasons and, and that was okay. And our seasons were going to come back together and here we are. So like, I love it. I love where we are right now, both of us. You know, you can acknowledge that the past was not aligned while acknowledging that you guys are now on the same page because that's gonna give you some insight into where she's at. If she's like, what are you talking about? So what, I sucked everyone's dick. Like if she's real weird and defensive about it, that's some data. Okay, Kristen think it's fine to suck 18 dicks one night. No big deal to her. Maybe we're actually not on the same page. You know, I think seven dicks is plenty. She thinks 18 is more where it's at. I don't know. But that's a good way, a good soft way of getting some data. Now, from here, logic tells us that we're going to go down that second path. We disconnected because something was going on with us, right? Mm. Turns out there is a secret, shadowy, hidden third path. The pandemic. The pandemic. This is such a curveball of a situation, obviously, that we've all been dealing with for... <laughs> I don't know, it feels like the dawn of time, right? It feels, I mean, what were the before times? It, I don't know. I mean, I can't say that. I live in Montana. The pandemic was a thing for like literally four weeks and then everyone was like, no. But I have been getting so many questions from you, private messages, on people on both sides of the aisle in terms of being more conservative about this 
and more liberal. And it's funny, I use these terms. When I say conservative, I actually mean people who are more left and like they're staying home and they're very into the vaccine and everything. And when I say more liberal about it, I guess I do mean people who are more right wing, who don't want the vaccine and who don't want to wear masks. So it, it's funny how these terms seem to kind of have inverted. That's, oh, what a time to be alive. But people who are on both sides of the aisle saying, you know, this has put a real rift in a lot of my friendships. Um, people who didn't respect my health situation and they would come over and sit too close to me or not wear a mask. People on the other side saying, you know, I went out of my way to come and see my cousin and her new baby and she made it so incredibly difficult. And now that the pandemic's over, she just thinks it's all hunky-dory and I can't forget how she treated me like a social pariah. And I don't think I should have to. And uh, I mean, it's just so heartbreaking because something, uh, uh, I, I don't, I, God, uh, you know I'm never at a loss for words. <laughs> never. It's just, I don't know what else to say, but it's just so heartbreaking that this has taken such a many layered toll on all of us in so many ways. The economy, our mental health, our physical health, our routines, our children, our friendships, you know, our sense of revenge even. I can tell you like, you know, you guys know I am, I am a COVID refugee. I saw the writing on the wall very early on in New York and I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, I'm not, I'm not living here without all the New York-y things, the clubs, the parties, the media events. And I was over it anyway, you know, I just kind of needed that little push. And COVID gave that to me. I'm like, I want space and land and guns and people who aren't gonna make me wear a mask. Like, I'm not doing this shit. I'm an American because freedom, like that's our brand. You take that away, we don't, we're just the uneducated obese. I'm sorry, but like without the freedom, that's kind of all we got. So I came to Montana, like it was really meaningful to me to have a normal way of life. So I really haven't, had to make a lot of concessions. I mean, except for, you know, the entire revamping of my life, aside from, from that, <laughs> no. But recently, when I was in California, I did encounter this. I was going, I had planned to drive two hours. And keep in mind, gas where I was living was almost $7 a gallon, and I have a very big truck. It was almost, uh, what, like $180 to fill up my truck, you know, and be like, get a Tesla. In Montana, I don't fucking think you can have a Tesla in Montana, so save it, okay? We get like 18 feet of snow. No, you're not driving. <laughs> you're not driving a Tesla, but thanks for playing. Anyway, I was willing to drive two hours to see her um, and her baby, who I haven't met yet, and she asked me if I was vaccinated and safe. And part of me wanted to be petty and say, I'm not vaccinated, but I am safe. Because before I went home to California, I got my antibodies tested and I've had COVID. And my antibodies, even the doctor was like, damn girl, like what vaccines you have? These antibodies are through the roof. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have one, but I've had COVID. And it's like her tone instantly changed. She's like, well, you, they, you need to get the vaccine. I said, why do I need the vaccine if I have, like you just said, through the roof antibodies? Uh, well, to protect yourself. I said, are you even listening to the argument you're making? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Anyway, the point is like, I was, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty darn safe, but you know, I'm not gonna pick a fight with my friend cause I adore her. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm like, if that's a deal breaker, I understand. 
I don't understand. Just to, just to be real, I don't. I don't understand. But I, I don't understand a lot of things people do. I mean, I don't understand having a baby. Let's just start there. I don't understand children in general. I don't understand marriages half the time that I see. Uh, but I've learned to move through the world and be happy for my friends and accept their choices, even if I don't get it, even if I don't like it. I respect it. It's their lives. It's whatever. But this didn't feel like her life and her decision. It felt like it's felt like a lot of us, again, on both sides of the aisle, veering into my life and my decisions. And more than that, it felt like I was cast out of the tribe. And that it was like this deep, deep rejection. Because she's like, I'm sorry, it is a deal breaker. And she's super blunt. And I've always loved that about her. And, I, you know, I'm not, I don't resent her for her point of view. And she's got a baby. And it's a whole different outlook towards the world. You're just so oriented with safety with your child. And, you know, that's fine. I, on some level, I saw this coming. But I'm also not going to pretend that it didn't deeply hurt me. Like, really, really hurt me. And because it pinged up that caveman, oh my God, the tribe is kicking me out. You know, I'm, I'm on one side and they're on the other. And my mother threw gasoline on my fire and was like, oh, like just gaslighting me. I was like, you have to stop taking this personally. It's not taking it personally. No one's saying you're a villain. I'm like, okay, let's, let's just replace some nouns here. How would you, how would you like it if people said things like, oh, no, it's fine you had an abortion. Because, you know, I mean, you're just slutty and like you don't have a relationship with Jesus and he'll deal with you when you die. But no, I understand that you just had to do what you thought was right because you're slutty. <laughs> okay. I mean, because that's, that's how it feels. Like, oh, no, you do things that you need to do because you're stupid. I'm not meaning this to be a COVID rant. I, I swear to God, I'm not. I'm meaning it that like we are feeling so rejected by one another due to factors that have never been at play before in our relationships or even like globally. You know, like there's no playbook for any of this. No one is five miles down the road telling us how to navigate any of this. And so I'm saying that because feel your feelings. Don't gaslight yourself. If you feel rejected, that's okay. If you feel ostracized, that's okay. You're never going to change what you can't acknowledge. And you're never going to be able to communicate how you feel if you don't do that acknowledging. So if this is where you're at, if you have been personally victimized by COVID-19, as we all have, I think you can approach somebody in your life and be like, hey, I understand where you're coming from. And I'm not saying oh, you should have made a different decision. But it did hurt me. And I'm I'm just being honest with you. I don't know where to take it from here. I'm struggling with where to take this because I felt a really deep sense of rejection and I've never felt rejected by you before. And I didn't anticipate feeling rejected. And I'm just kind of feeling my way through the dark on this. And maybe we should talk about it. That's one option. Is it the best option? Honestly, you guys, I don't know. I, do, I don't know. Try that, like workshop it in your mind. See how that sits with you. It kind of depends on your audience. Who are you dealing with? Are you dealing with your irrational aunt who is never going to see things your way? Well, then maybe it isn't useful. 
maybe you're just going to have to be like, you know what? This is her. This is the way it is. She's irrational. She's hurt my feelings. Okay. We're just either I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to hang out with her and I'm gonna be pissy about this or I'm not, or I'm just going to stay disconnected. And it's really kind of never going to be the same. And maybe that's the conversation you have instead of, Hey, like, Let's rap about it. Let's talk it out. Maybe it's more of a statement. Maybe it's, you know what? You really hurt me when you uninvited me to your wedding. You really hurt me when you said I couldn't come to Christmas. You think it was a hard time for you? You think you were scared? I was scared too. I was going through things also. I needed my family, even if we didn't always agree. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to move on from that. So I'm going to keep my distance for a while. I'm sorry. People, <laughs> I don't know that it's really that out of line to let people know that decisions have consequences. And you know what? My friend who uninvited me was telling me exactly that. Hey, Shallon, yeah, you made your decision. Decisions have consequences. Girl, I, right? Yes. You know what? Yes. I might not love it, but I can't argue with your logic. Like it's the Uno reverse card. Of course, you know, I totally get that. All we can do is deal with our own feelings and then decide if we can compartmentalize them enough to move forward in this relationship. And again, if the answer is no, honor that. It's all right. It's not all right to force yourself into a relationship of any kind, pretending that you're fine with something that you're not. Take all the time you need to heal. Let the dust settle and then see where you're at. move on to that yes yes the other fork in the road i disconnected because of me now like we said the pandemic's been a son of a bitch right the anxiety the isolation the restlessness you know ugh, just a swirling hellscape of a petty grab bag of awful emotions of course or maybe just life in general you know maybe you've been disconnecting from people because you are busy with work, you know? And I know I said in the beginning, like there's no excuse. You're not doing anything accidentally. That is true. You were not disconnecting from people accidentally. And that's almost like the worst part of it. I think it's okay when we pull back, if we almost like lean in, you know, whenever, and this is like an old PR thing, like whatever the bad thing is, lean into it. You can put a spin on anything. It's so much easier to put a positive spin on something bad than pretend a bad thing isn't happening. Do you know what I mean? Like recently on Instagram, you know, we have our close friends list. I sent a, a message just to my close friends on stories that was like, hey, you guys, I just want to let everyone know if I'm not getting back to people right away, it's because I'm driving home to Montana and I'm focusing on driving. And then once I get there, I'm knee deep in this new project that I'm doing. So I'm only going to be responding to essential messages. I love you. Why did I say that? because I'm sick to goddamn death of people texting me random bullshit. Like my Wi-Fi is out. Did I ask, is there a question in there? You don't live near me. What, what is, what are you talking about? I saw a kitten today. My shopping cart has a wobbly wheel. These are actual text messages that my friends are sending me. And I'm like, stop it, stop it. What is this? And it's like, I'm disconnecting on purpose. And I realize for the last, year or something, these same people have been sending me these same dumb messages and I've spent this whole time gaslighting them. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I've just been so busy. No, I'm not ignoring you. Oh, my wife, my, my reception didn't work. Okay. Now, what did I say? I'm responding to essential messages only. You got something to say? Is it important? Do you need me? Okay. You want to talk to me about a feather you found on the ground? Text somebody else, babe. We're not doing this. It felt bitchy and rude and scary and so incredibly freeing. So incredibly freeing. Because when we can stand in the light of, you're mad? Okay. Bring it on. When we can walk in the light of hate actually being freedom, and we've done podcasts about this, we've done videos about this, it, like life truly begins. So if you've pulled back from people because you have done that calculus in your head of, I'm in a different place and this person annoys me. And I know that probably sounds like, well, no, that that's, you pulled back because of them. Ah, eh, not always, because Sometimes those, those people didn't change. They've always been like this, but you were like that too, or it was fine, or you didn't care, or your schedule allowed to like bullshit about feathers and shopping carts six hours a day. Now things are different. Maybe you have more anxiety, less anxiety, a higher sex drive, a lower one, a better schedule, blah, blah, blah. You're different. You have the right, nay, the obligation to be purposeful about that disconnection. It's only shitty if you sit around gaslighting people. That's when it sucks. I would appreciate someone being like, Shal, I love you. Please don't text me about the Kardashians. I'm so busy. I'm so swamped. I have a new baby. I love you though. Please don't. I would love to hear about you, who you're dating. Let's do a once a week FaceTime, whatever. I don't want to hear about Kylie's new face. I'd be like, yikes. But you know what? Props to her for having the balls to say that. At this point in my life, I know how much guts that takes. I know how scary that was to send. And so the fact that she had the, the nerve to send it means, number one, she feels really strongly about it. And number two, she has enough respect for both of us to, to take the time to impart that. If she didn't care about me, she'd just go. She'd block my number. I'd never hear from her again. Or she'd bullshit me. She'd gaslight me. She'd turn it around. I appreciate that. I won't love it, but I respect it. Same with my friend who uninvited me because of my vaccine. I'm like, I don't love it. I respect you though. So life is full of things we, we aren't going to love. They're full of people not giving us what we want, not bending to our will and capitulating. All we really can ask for is respect. And thus, that is what we have to give back. Not, oh, yes, yes, all the time. Sure, I'm going to respond to everything. Yes, I'm going to do whatever you want. You want me to get a vaccine? Sure. You want me to not to? Okay, I won't. No, we have to find our own path and walk it. But we have to be able to and gain the skills to communicate these boundaries and this purposeful disconnection or purposeful reconnection in a way that's respectful. So if you are ready to reconnect with people, tell them why. Tell them why you're popping back up. Because explanations are part of the genus or species of apologies, you know? I think we all have known or possibly been the girl who vanishes when she gets a boyfriend, right? And there's nothing worse than that girl texting you out of the blue. Hey, Bob's out of town this weekend so I can finally do brunch. Huh. 
Oh, can you? Wow, I'm so glad I am that far down on the list. Like when you have no one else to hang out with or when you're like, overlord is off at a bachelor party, then you can get eggs Benedict with me? Wow, thanks. You know, it's so, it's so insulting and so disrespectful. But then like, I've probably been that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, my husband's finally like out of town for the weekend. Let's have a girl's night. And you don't, when you're on the other side, you don't mean it in a disrespectful way. It's more a logistical way. It's like, I am, I am all yours. I have no distractions. And who do I want to see when I have nothing in my way? You, babe. That's who I want to see. But you know, we forget that people don't need undivided attention. They just need some attention. I don't need someone to be like, it's a Zoom call every Friday night and you and I and bleh. No, text me here and there. I love you, babe. Thinking of you. I miss you. I just need to know I'm on someone's mind and I'm still a priority in their life. You know, that's all. So if you're getting back together with a friend, let them know why you ghosted out and be, keep it really real with them. But look, look, before you can do that, you got to keep it really real with you. So that's where you need to start because there's no point in going through all this, calling them, scheduling the brunch, getting together and have them sitting there kind of tapping their foot and being like, so haven't seen you in three months. What's up? And then just blowing smoke. Like, what's the point? Lead, lead and get out in front of it. You're like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I've actually been in a really bad place for the last six months. Like, I've kept it pretty well hidden or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe everyone knew I was a mess. But I was, I was not great. I was depressed and anxious. I felt super fat, super bad about work. Um, I was still reeling over me and Zach breaking up. And I just kind of needed to go in my cave. And I should have communicated that to you. I really should have, because I'm sure you took it personally. How could you not? And I really, really regret that. But I can tell you that this time I've spent away from you has not been wasted. I didn't realize these things driving over here. I've been doing so much work on myself and I am coming back to you as a friend fully back. Like I am, of course I'm not a finished product, but I am really back in a good headspace and ready to be so much more plugged in as a friend in a way that you deserve. Now, who could sit across from you in those eggs Benedict and hear something like that and not love it? Come on. When we hear an apology, the worst apologies are like, well, sorry, or sorry you feel that way. Oh my God, right? Like, okay, I was a four and now I'm a 10, so thank you. The best ones are barely even saying sorry at all. They're explaining why they did that thing that they did, what they've learned, and therefore telling you why it's not going to happen again. That's what everybody wants, you know? They don't just want to hear sorry. They want to know here is an insulation. Here is some sort of emotional guarantee why this isn't going to happen again. You're not going to feel this pain again. I'm not going to disappoint you like this again because I've learned. We fixed the thing in the machine that made it go haywire. Good as new. So that's where you got to start with some self-reflection. And then you're going to convey that so much more honestly. And you know what though? Someone said to me one time, apologies are like presents. Someone can either accept it or they can reject it. <laughs> and sometimes there's too much damage. There's too much disconnection. Maybe you disconnected at a time when they really needed someone and there's, that's a whole other topic. You know, we can't expect someone to save us and blah, blah, blah. 
but their boundaries and their parameters are what they are, all you can do is be as self-aware as possible, communicate that awareness, communicate your truth, say what you want out of the future relationship, and again, see where you guys are. Are the seasons one and the same? Are you guys on the same page? Is there an alignment? If not, look, face it with grace and say, hey, I get it. I get that you're hurt and I get that there's too much water under the bridge now. You know, I whether it's COVID or you had a baby and I wasn't there or a breakup or well, fill in the blank. But I love you and, you know, maybe our seasons will align again someday. So I'm, I on my side am leaving the door open and if you want to text me in six months, great. If that's not where you're at, I, that really is genuinely so sad to me, but I, I respect you. You know, I, I respect you. It's something I will grieve and I will learn from, but I will respect. Again, like that's mature and who could hear something like that and be bitchy about it? That's all we can expect from the people in our lives is awareness, acknowledgement, and communication. So just to recap, if you're thinking about reconnecting, ask yourself, why did you disconnect? Was it the person you were disconnecting from? Were you disconnecting kind of from everyone? Were you completely realigning your priorities and your boundaries? All of those things are completely okay. They're completely okay. You don't want guilt-based friendships. Well, we've been friends since second grade. Who fucking cares? If you met her today, would you want to be friends with her? If the answer is no, then it's a big no. If it's not hell yes, then it's hell no, right? But if you do want to get back together, go in self-aware, clear-eyed, not grovelly or apologetic, but communicative and see where you align. See how those seasons match up, you know? I have a feeling things are going to work out pretty darn good. Come back next week for another episode. And like I said, join me in Mexico or Italy. We're going to have so much fun. And if you want to pick up Essentialism, we're going to put the link right down there in the show notes. Like and share this podcast, Alligators, and a review would mean so much. I'll see you later, darlings. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. 